podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It is the Anfield Wrap uh, in association with The Athletic. Do sign up, theathletic.co.uk forward slash The Anfield Wrap. Uh, we'll actually be talking about a piece uh, that James Pierce wrote at the weekend on this show and amongst other things as well. What are the other things? Well, it is Pathways for Young Players, a chat about photo identification on members' cards, uh, presumably leading to the same for season tickets. The 39th game and ideas are arising around it and Liverpool beating Manchester United is a pretty full show. Gareth Roberts. Paul Cope, Ben Johnson and Rob Gutman are all in the room, uh, but we are going to start having a chat about Pathways for Young Players. And Ben, I think I actually might have mentioned to you two or three weeks back when I was playing around with stat bomb as I now do, one of the things I noticed was Liverpool's average age is now higher than the average age within the league in terms of minutes played over the course of the season. We're 27.5, the league average is 26.4. And I sent you a little graph over which people should be able to see. Um, should be able to see if they're watching this on YouTube. And also we'll make it the featured image and we'll tweet it out. Um, which shows that we're playing a hell of a lot of players between the age of 26 and 29 at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I think that just correlates to where Liverpool are as a, as a, as a team at the minute. In that we're possibly the best team in the country. And you got pretty much guaranteed to know what you're going to get out of your players between them age them age groups and I think it's I think it's a it's a I think exceptions aside Trent aside who is what, going to be one of the best players in the world and is one of the most talented players in our squad like natural skill set him aside I think you can trust players between 25 and 30 a lot more than you can trust players who are a lot younger Uh and it's just a, it's a, it's it's partly because we've got a settled squad we've built towards this and people have grown and got a little bit older over the years but it's also partly driven by recruitment and it's partly driven by needing to be so results based I'll come back to recruitment before I bring anyone else in because I think one of the things here is that if you actually look at the, recru- the recruitment we've recruited a lot of the players who are now between 26 and 29 between the ages of 22 and 25 that's been the profile of recruitment Mane comes in at that age I think Salah is 25 Um, I think Firmino comes in he's 22 Uh, Wijnaldum I think is 25 I could go on I can go right the way through the point is is that if you recruit them at that age and then they obviously grow older with the passage of time but we're now in this situation where we've got no one bar Trent and Gomez between the ages of 21 and 25 who's kicked the ball for Liverpool this season albeit the fact that Naby Keita is 24 is injured yeah it's interesting isn't it I, I suppose I suppose it goes back to looking at this you know you, you don't want to you don't want to start thinking about what happens if Klopp leaves or what happens is what what's the next sort of phase of this but I think you, you're pretty much looking now at a settled side that is geared up to win to try and win everything over the next few years and then it's it's what do we do? Do we do we have a big investment next year? We didn't really need to this year because you know we had a we have got the best side, you know, one of the best sides in the world. We bought Virgil and we bought Allison to make them the strongest sort of put that spine in there. We didn't want to start trying to buy younger players who you've got a bed in and if we're gonna make some mistakes, we were like, Okay, well we need to win. Are we gonna win when we need one of the best goalkeepers in the world and we need the best centre-half in the world to plonk into this team. And then we've got this team who'll possibly win everything for the next two or three years. suppose, what do we do? Do we start trying to build now for the next phase? Do we start trying to wean off some of the sort of established people? You know, you, you, would, amount, you, you, would, you would imagine that over the next couple of years there's going to be some level of chain in terms of some of our starting eleven going... I would suggest that at least one of the front three goes just because they probably want to change. You know, Mane might want to go to Real Madrid. It's been floating about for ages. In which case, what happens then? You probably buy someone who's 20 to 24 absolute top end to replace that. that that's that's how Liverpool are set up. Is it not? That's 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 money ball, is it? You know, that's what makes well, sense to me. It's, it's a sea change, isn't it, though? I, I, I don't know if it, stats might bear it out differently, Neil, but it, for most of the, the Liverpool we've all watched over the last couple of decades, it feels like generally when we talk about that average age, Liverpool have been one of the younger ones, certainly amongst our peers. And I think it's possibly because we've usually not been at the level, because you said, Ben, that we can actually t- that we would turn our nose up at a young player. So the people like John Flanagan were getting a game for us in the not too distant past who wouldn't have touched the sides. 
I wonder even if a young Jamie Carragher would get near this current squad at the moment. So we'd always have a couple of re- kids, one very good, maybe one passing through maybe a Warnock type figure as well. And then we'd also be taking a punt on a Ryan Babel, a young Lucas, an Emre Chan, even Divo Carigi when he's bought. Whereas that, that sea change in, in Bayern, as you all just referenced, makes a huge difference that everyone's getting bought box fresh, you know, ready to go. And how, how you evolve from that, I think you can only really, I think the lesson, if there is one, is while if you're doing it from a high basis, you only bring in a young player if he's a bit of a freak of nature like a Trent or Raheem Sterling and you think he is just going to be world-class and we can indulge him, you know, Jaden Sancho talk, that kind of thing. Beyond that, I think we have to learn from this and go, let's just buy these lads at 25, 24. That's what you'd take away from it. Buy 24-year-olds. They've got to be good ones, but, but, but lads who are about... Well, it's not that simple. But I'm just saying that's one criteria. If you look, if you look at the, if you actually look at the real success stories of the buying, the, the Firminos, the Manis, the Salas, those three in particular, what did they all have in common? At about 22, 23, they looked like they were going to be very good, but not world class. Um, they'd been on trajectories where they probably excited immensely at 18, and had then not quite plateaued, but hadn't continued on at the stellar trajectory of, say, a young Raheem Sterling, who they might have been equivalent of at the same age. They'd a bit petered out. That I mean, John Barnes was classically that. I think Torres was actually that profile. Torres was not the player at 22, 23 when we bought him that he was meant to going to be going to be at 19. That would be my profile. But the age thing is, is the thing I think you're focusing on. I'm, I'm just having, I'm just on 24 is the question of how long you give them. So just to run through it and go over to Gareth. 17-18, league average 27, Liverpool league average 25.8. 18-19, league average 26.8, Liverpool average 26.3. And now 19-20, uh, league average 26.4, Liverpool average 27.5. Um, quite direct lines there uh, moving. Do you think it. the injuries to Keiter and the recovery of Chamberlain have pulled down, have pulled up our average a bit because it means well, Milner's think, got more game time? I think you can possibly, but for instance, there were injuries to Keiter last season and there was the fact that Oxley mm. Chamberlain was out injured last season. Uh, the season before, there's, you know, it, it looks to me like it's going up about one every year. The one slight difference is that Adrian... It's 32. It's the, so he pulls that up because we're talking about league, yeah. it's done on league minutes, not just on individuals. So I think he pulls that up a little bit. But I think what you are sort of looking at there, Gareth, is essentially right now, this Liverpool side is basically getting a year older every single year. A year moves on. That's the reality of where we are right now. And there is a point at which that needs to not be the case. And that may be, you know, we've talked a lot about this season and how comfortable and settled we feel. But it's important this season because this could actually be a bit of a last go round for for a bit of this team because the last thing you want to start doing is having average ages of 28 and a half, 29. I think as well, though, that it, there's been a change in that we're better at retaining our stars now. So, you know, yep. in the past, Alonso, Mascherano, Torres, Suarez, Stale and go because they don't see their ambitions being fulfilled at Liverpool. Now, to a man, pretty much all the all the big stars are, are on long term deals, and that will continue to be the case. And so, and also as well, you know, there's the long term thing around, you know, sides that grow together and work together, you know, build partnerships, understand each other, and are basically harder to beat. For, so, for me, like, a, there isn't a great concern from me looking at this. I think as well that players are fitter, players look after themselves better than they once did. I think I've seen something from Mane basically saying, well, you know, he's committed to being a footballer and why would he do anything else in the meantime? I think a lot of players now have that mindset. You know, it's not fellas getting bladdered in the summer and running around Melwood in a bin bag, uh, trying to shed a bar three stone. It, it, these, they're absolute professionals and they're like they're recruiting their own staff and all kinds, chefs and what have you, to look after them. So I, I think you're going to see average aids continue to go up because they're going to be, they're going to play for longer. I mean, you know, I had a quick look at some of the ages of our squad, and you know, Allison, 27. Well, how long can he go on for? You know, 34, 35. That's not that's not really an issue. Um, some of the other ones as well. I, I, it feels to me like already that we're sort of starting to address it. So you know, Vandenberg, we play pay decent money for him. He's only 17 years old. Elliot, we've already seen on a pitch for Liverpool, 16 years old. Uh, in the piece that you referenced before, you know, they talk very highly and that of Curtis Jones, he's still only 18. But this is kicking around. This is where for me, the, this is where this gap is interesting for me, is that is that Liverpool look to me like they're pretty well stocked 16 to 19, 16 to 20. They look really well stocked 25 to 34. 
but there is this massive sort of there is a gap, isn't there? Sort of twenty twenty one through to twenty twenty four twenty five. That's what that it's that gap that I'm interested mm. in. That's the gap where you know you. I'm not. Yeah, you know, I don't see, and we'll talk about the manager and pathways in a minute. But I don't. I, it's difficult, isn't it, to suddenly just sort of drop Harvey Elliott into a, yeah, into yeah. a Premier League scenario? Course, yeah. It's that idea of the maturing into the peak, and there's a bit of a big gap in there. There's like just 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 this complete dip. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Gomez and Trent, and you you know you you still got David because only 24 as well. Um, I think a couple of the lads. You know, if you look at the long list of everyone who's on loan. I don't think it's unrealistic to say, obviously the decisions need to be made around it, but I don't think it's un- totally unrealistic unre- to say that Grujic and Harry Wilson could come back and be knocking around as a, as a sub at the very least, and they're 23 and 22 respectively. So, I, 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 you know, I think that has to come into the equation. And again, Wilson gets mentioned in that piece with Alex Inglethorpe where he says, you know, going away, playing for Bournemouth, scoring goals there, He's progressed to that place now. He's progressed to being a Premier League player and not looking out of place. So it comes back to Liverpool. Liverpool are going for titles, winning European Cups. It's an unbelievable bar to get into the side. Yeah. But, like I say, you wouldn't rule them out being on the bench and getting on now and again. Um, so again, that, that's sort of something else to, to consider. I think the other thing as well, I had a quick look at sort of what, where everyone else is at um, and, and just sides they fielded. And a lot of the younger sides in the in the league aren't doing particularly well so you know Southampton have fielded the youngest side in the league this yeah. season and the shite um, Chelsea well we know all about that almost like a project at the moment United 20, have fielded a side 24.5 average and they're struggling the managers on an average of 1.14 points per game since he's been permanent manager get in um, and so and also as well, I was looking at ours as well, and the oldest side we've fielded this season, it was 28.1 against Leicester. And we all come away from that, didn't we, saying, wasn't that boss the way they dug in and they grounded out and they got yep. the win and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, that's skewed, obviously, by having Adrian Lovren and Milner all on the pitch and all being in the 30s. So, I don't know. I, I think there's there's a there's a happy balance to be struck, isn't there? I think in the past, maybe we haven't had the experience, Ed, and that's why... We haven't got the results we wanted, and we haven't got over the line at times. I think I think this squad growing all together and getting better together has a knock-on effect to recruitment. I don't I haven't heard talked about much, so I'm going to talk about it. And that is the rise in wage bills. The last, if you look at it now, I was reading the other Liverpool's wage bill is, sec, is supposedly second only to Man City's in the league, and actually on paper getting quite close to theirs. And I was thinking, is this a change in policy? Or I thought at first maybe it was, but then of course you realise it's not so much a change in policy as it's, it's forced upon the club if they want to even consider keeping these top stars. Mm-hmm. What we saw last summer was instead of looking to buy maybe the next the next phase of players to come through, you've got to invest in those already there. The last time we saw this, although the issue is clouded and shrouded by the Hicks Gillette era, Rafa towards the end of his reign was going, you know, where's my transfer funds? And, you know, there's a lot of reasons why that wasn't happening. But actually at the time, our wage bill had got like it is today towards being just about the second biggest in the league because we had, until he went, Alonso, Mascarano, Torres, Gerrard... Carragher, all players, Rainer, even starting to be on serious money. And that's something we have to get our heads around in a way, and the club have to get their heads around, is to what extent they have to really invest in these blokes to grow old together. But if, if you're getting value from them, though, it's not an issue, is it? I no. mean, there was one of those, and I, I really liked them. I don't know, I'd love to know how you do it, I might work it out. Uh, but you know those graphs that actually move along a timeline that, that people keep sharing on Twitter these days? I don't know if you've seen them, but there was, there was one over the weekend, I think maybe it was Mundial, um, shared it and it was showing spending mm. and, and like you know the badges move up and down through the years and, and Liverpool in the 90s mid 90s late 90s goes really really high and we all know how Liverpool performed in that that sort of time so they didn't get the value for money that I think that's the thing I think you know if you look at FSG and everyone still you know references money ball and references them maybe being a bit idealistic around money I'd love to I'd love them to talk about it they're probably never going to but they would probably say if we're getting value from it though, if we're winning things, if we're constantly competing at the very top of the league, <clears throat> there isn't a problem then. Do you know what I mean? Because we will make more money and it's the best deal, investment. And kit deals suddenly are going sky high again where once upon a time Adidas said there was no value in Liverpool. I guess if you spoke to them now, they go, Well, of course there is now because the, the, you know they're, they're a world name again now. Yeah. But you know, there's no there's no doubt about it that our star fell off a cliff 
Um, but but it, it it's shining bright again because of what what we've done. I think it's I think it's worth saying, and this sounds like a dead obvious point to make out loud, but I, I, it feels like this is just missed on the wider football public that people always talk about wanting to give young players a chance, but at the same time want to win. What we're literally seeing now is what happens when you give young players a chance and then they get old together. Like this is lit, this is literally the point of bringing young players in. They get older. Like, I found myself recently saying, like, God, Firmino's turned into this, like, PlayStation player. Yeah. He's five years older than he was when he started with us. He's got better. That's literally what happens. That's the point. The Chelsea Chelsea project is a perfect example, isn't it? They're going to have a lot of fun with a lot of young players. But that's not the point. The point is, what will they be like in three or four years when they've all got those extra years on their belt and they're all in this sort of age bracket now. And I know that's sort of slightly different to the point you're making about where's the next progression. No, it's not really, but, because the point about that is that if right now, if I completely takes Gareth, Gareth's point and it's an important one to emphasise that Manchester United are shite. But there is something there is something in, if right now, if you're Chelsea, if I was, you know, uh, in the technical staff at Chelsea, I'd be thinking, aye, aye, a couple of years here, Guardiola leaves City, Liverpool will have to do a bit of renovating. Yeah. You never know. I mean, point about this and sort of why this sort of repeatedly caught my eye is that sentence, at some point Liverpool might have to do a bit of renovating. And that's sort of almost preparing ourselves for a little bit of a trade-off. If we want to watch these lads mature, grow old together and get into their trophy winning peak, then we have to acknowledge there'll be some sort of point where the next thing happens and that won't be easy. And at the minute, we haven't really got the basis to deal with that in place between 20 and 25. 100%. And it, it, it ties into something we've touched on in recent shows in different ones we've done is that's why like people people talk about like Klopp and keeping him longer and Guardiola only stays for a few years and and all the reasons around it and then we wonder why the likes of Ferguson and Wenger are such rarities in the, in the modern game and it's because of this mm. like if you're Jürgen Klopp you're looking at this squad now going right I came in I took over a, what he said at the time was all right but he was looking at the likes of Firmino and going I know in three years he's going to be great and he, he knew he had sort of the bones, but he, he knew, Joe, he's full of shit. I loved all the stuff that like he talks the truth in press conferences. He knew he had to rebuild that side and he's done it and it's brilliant. And it's, they're the champions of Europe and they've got a good crack at winning the league at some point in the next two or three years. But he knows already looking at this squad, everything we're talking about now. And for all of them, for all elite managers, it's Pochettino now. Can I be asked? You said it on a show the other day. And not, not only can I be asked with Spurs, can I be asked going to United and doing it there? Like the, it, it's it's hard work to do it, and to do it with the same club and the same group of players, and to refresh them, it's it's almost having. If you think about like how I always talk about how he sort of psychologically controlled the entire club, which is brilliant, but it must be must be exhausting to do. Imagine having to do that next time again. Imagine having to sort of say to us, right, we've won the European Cup, we've been to two finals in a few years, we could do it again in the next couple of years. Who knows where we get to with the league? Fingers crossed we win one. But imagine after that, then having to say to everyone again, right, I know we've done that, but now I'm going to have to rebuild a little bit because all these lads are either leaving or they're getting too old or like he still raves about Milner. He can't go on forever, can he? Like, what are we going to get another couple of seasons out of him maximum? Everyone, people have already touched on Mane and Salah. It's funny how, isn't it? We've already sort of, maybe, I don't know whether this is just our generation. We just accept that now. Like at some point, we're going to see the news that Mo Salah's leaving and we'll all go, all right. Yeah, what's the plan now? And I think the only the only way you get to do both of these things at the same time is Trent Alexander-Arnold. And to, you, it's too hard to replicate that internally. So it's buying that lad. So it's buying Killian. If you want to keep your average age low and have this progression, it's buying Killian Mbappe. That's it. Like, that's the only way to do both at the same time. And it's whether, who knows? Like, we, the club might be putting themselves in a position now with the, the Mbappe 2020 thing, but it could be like the whole Nike deal and all of that. It might be. Yeah, well, we can keep doing everything that Robbo's saying. We've talked about the Gruwiches, the Harry Wilsons, the younger lads that are at the 19. And I mean, Harvey Ellis, I think might be a bit of an exception. Even just the snippets I've seen him already. He could be in the sort of Owen Rooney category of just a superstar that does come in at 18 years old and blows the, the league away. Um, but aside from that, it, it is, isn't it? It's, Go and buy Mbappe for two hundred million pounds. But is this the is the the, the gap we're, we're referencing is interesting, and is what you see in Liverpool's approach last year. We were thinking, well, is that because it's no more? We've got no money, and we can't buy the. You know, we all wanted an extra forwards. We all wanted an extra midfielder. But is it actually them looking at it and thinking, well, what's the point of us buying a twenty-two to twenty-five year old unless he's going to cost us, 
you know, he's going to guarantee to get his game because he need they need to play at that time. Mm. And unless That's what you can, said. yeah, unless you can ever, unless you can give them game time, and you're looking at our current eleven now, if let's say I don't know, uh, let's say Curtis Jones was 23, 24, but was of a similar standard to what he is now, so he hasn't had the benefit of developing over the next you know few years or whatever. He's not getting a game. So what's the point in being there? And so I think I think what you what we're looking at now is what we're looking at, Harvey Elliott, the centre half you mentioned before. Is that the equivalent of us buying Ian Rush, putting him in the resis for when so, someone gets someone goes and then he's been there, he's used to the way you play, you know he's got the quality, so you can bring him in. So mentioned uh, Gareth made mention of it as well, the James Pierce piece in the athletic, if you haven't read it please do so. Uh, you know, you can sign up via us, mentioned that before, but not so much that, just read it because it's interesting. He talks to Alex Inglethorpe. And within there, Ben, there was a lot of chat about the fact that the manager gives young players chances. And I was really intrigued reading it and I, I did a little bit of extra research as well. I found something from This Is Anfield that Henry Jackson wrote in 2015. Found something on the FT uh, going back to 2018 that talks about average ages because there's a little bit of a thing here where the manager has given pathways to younger players but it tends to have been both at Dortmund and now at Liverpool he tends to have done it early in his reign when he's basically had to go right well I'm doing this because there's nothing else to do and right now I think that what's really interesting as I say it's influenced it's mentioned in the athletic piece and there's a picture of Trent etc etc but you are a bit like doesn't look like anyone's coming through anyone else is coming through next next year and a half and doesn't look like anyone's coming through being between the age of 20 and 25 which was the case early years in Dortmund and early years at Liverpool but right now pathways look almost impossible yeah it's I mean it's interesting he he cites I mean there's a lot of talk about pathways being a thing and there's a lot of talk about oh Liverpool having to play stand storage because they see Brewster uh, pushing on and taking that role and actually in that article by James Inglethorpe says well he's you know he's been out a long time he's going to have to you know the, the downplaying expectations a lot uh, he's going to have to put a bit of work in because he's got to get back to the level he was at, blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, uh, you can look at that a couple of ways. You can look at that well. Yeah, he has got it because he has been out a long time. He has got to get up to a certain level. Or he's nowhere near good enough to get his game in this in this team because this team is the best in the league. There's no shame in that. There's no, you know... I, it's... it's I, I won... I mean, you... You wonder... I, I wonder how Curtis Jones gets his game. I still do. I thought he's done really well at Milton Keynes. He's, um, 18, he's 18, 19, Curtis. I think he's 19 now. But it's interesting, the gap ph- phenomenon, and whether it's accident or design or a little bit of both. If you think about, what, what we say in the average age is 27 and a bit now for Liverpool. Yeah. yeah that's maybe a slightly skewed, but if it's a good team of that age and you want it to grow old together, then there is going to be that, this, this, this void of three or four years. So what better thing to have than to have a, a set of 16, 17 and 18-year-olds who are then 20, hitting 23 by the time these are truly being chucked off the edge of a cliff, because then the, then the opportunity is there for them. What you don't want is, is 20 and 21-year-olds at the club at this stage, do you? They're, at, they're no good to anyone. Am I right? Well, well, that's again again. It's not about yeah. Well, you don't. No one wants to give kids a game or provide passes. Paul said you're not providing this for for aesthetic reasons. You're doing it. Yeah, Paul's his point is actually fantastic. Is a fantastic point. Your aim is to block young players by producing a crop of young players that go on to block a whole generation of young players, aren't you? And this is effectively what we're doing. We're blocking a generation, and good. That's exactly as it should. No, not, not you know what I mean. I know what you mean. You know, good. If we weren't blocking the twenty to twenty-four year old uh, bracket now, we'd have something wrong at the top end, and we haven't, so we aren't. But there is a we thing. Are. There's a thing though where you can say good. They just sort of drop in, but they need to have had. They literally need to have played football matches and played football matches up to a certain level. So then we come back and have a loan conversation and all that sort of stuff. But it's a different kettle of fish playing week in week out for Bournemouth in the Premier League to playing week in week out for Liverpool. And my, my theory True. here is that, our, you know, so what I'm asking, I suppose, and going around the houses is that we talk about the pathway. Everyone says Jurgen Klopp loves a pathway for young players. And I, right now you're able to say, well, that isn't the case. And I'm absolutely fine with that because Jurgen Klopp's job is to get 100 points. That's mm. literally his job and to win the Champions League. So right now that's his job. My thing is more, you can say, so they'll just be all lovely and fresh and embryonic <laughs> and gorgeous and slippery when they've come out of the womb at the age of 22, yeah. ready to do the business for Liverpool. Whereas in reality, there needs to be... Pathway, a pathway is a gradual thing. That's why we you know, use the metaphor, follow it through. It's a gradual thing. At the minute, with the possible exception of Arsenal in the League Cup, there's no 
gradual thing happening and nor should there be but if we swallow that we're gonna have to it's great now but we might have to swallow something in a couple of years we haven't bought squad players i mean ben's referenced this I and mean, notwithstanding whether the brewster thing is is the biggest blag or or whatever we've not we've not invested in squad players so to do to a degree the subs, there are substitute spots up for grabs and there are one or two like james milner who aren't going lover who aren't going to be around forever lalana so, well. yeah so i think there is a path i think we can say within 12 18 months curtis you can we can look curtis jones maybe he's the wrong example but kiana herver and uh, brewster and uh, harvey harvey Elliott in the eye and go if you continue developing, you have a very strong chance of being bench lads who, by who at nineteen, who by twenty-one will be smashing down the door. If you continue developing, though, when yeah. you're not getting first-team football, well, the squad—they're on—they're on Liverpool's bench. You know, there's, they're, they're an injury. You know, they're a heartbeat away away from uh, from getting in the side. You know, they can go. Well, hang on a second, uh, Harvey Elliott. We sell Salah, and you're eighteen, and you're turning into Mike. I know maybe that's a, we're looking at freak examples. Look, at the end of the day, the history of football is not really littered with fours and fives coming through in one fell swoop. This is football. This is top elite football wide as an issue. Two would be fab. So the reality is, and I think it's in the piece, and you referenced it before, Gareth. It was really interesting. You mentioned both Grewitch and Wilson. That Liverpool have put themselves in a position with Grewitch and Wilson where it's going to do one or two things. They're either going to get to become first team squad players, or Liverpool, or, the, or you flog them for seventy million quid, and yeah. that's more of the path. If we're being really honest about the pathway, that's much more of the pathway than the idea that there's any sort of load of gilded, wonderful young players yeah. like Trent. I mean, look, yeah, take the romance out of any conversation around all this, and you know the academy needs to pay for itself. And I think it says in that piece that it costs ten million quid a year to to run. Um, and you know, look, you know, I, I spoke to people before, like who were involved in this kind of stuff, and they'll say, like, well, you know, the reality of it is, loads of the teams, even at even at Liverpool, in some of those age groups, they'll know now that there's maybe one or two in each grade age group who've got a chance, and everyone else is just making up the numbers. And obviously, they're not going to say that to the lads' faces or the parents' faces, but that is the reality of it. And they need to, they need, you can't just train one or two lads. You know, they need to be a part of a team, playing football every week and all the rest of it. But if there's a bit of a sausage factory element in that you're just t- turning out lads yeah. and, and making a few million quid every year on it, then, then that's part of it as well, because it's a business. So, you know, mention Grewitch and Wilson. Well, you know, it's only off transfer market, and I don't, I don't know how they, they reach their valuations. But right now, they're saying Grewitch is worth 18 million quid and Wilson's worth 16 million quid. Well, if that proves to be the case, and that's how much they're, they're flogged for, I reckon Inglethorpe's beating his chest and saying, there you go, we, we, we've done good work again, or, or whatever, or the transfer committee is. Because it's not just about getting lads in the first team, it's not just about getting lads on the bench. It's a fucking business, isn't it? And and we all like that as football fans, but that's the reality of it. This this is like sound like a mad analogy, but I watched him um, on that point. I watched a bit of a Chris Rock stand up the other day, and he was talking about his kids starting high school for the first time, and two thousand kids sit in a room, and the vice principal stands on the stage and says to all the kids, just this big motivational speech about you can all you can all be and do whatever you want in life. Chris Rock went, it's a load of shit. He said, maybe four kids in this room can be and do whatever they want. I can see at least 60 Uber drivers just knocking around (laughs) here. And it's that, isn't it? But they can't sit around and go to everyone. Look, lads, the truth is the vast majority of you are going to end up playing for at best Bournemouth. Which is a that's, sensational achievement. Yeah, that's, but that's what, but you know what, for that is what they should be saying to them yeah. all is, look, the, the stats say for themselves. The one thing I, I thought was popping into me as everyone's talking here is how much, it, when you just boil this right down, and this is an, it's a necessary evil that the likes of Klopp and Guardiola are just full of shit and convincing the world that there is a pathway is, is, is part of their job, isn't it? Like mm. the stuff that came out this week of Guardiola saying, everybody in my squad's available except Phil Foden and you can't buy him for 500 yeah. million. Like, what a load of shit, mate. So you'd, you'd happily sell Kev De Bruyne, yeah. And, and what, what are you going to do with Phil Lent who's not getting a game? But they've got to say that because Foden's sitting there thinking, and I, and I keep saying, I keep going back to this lad, Jaden Sancho is like a spectre that hangs over the whole of youth development in this country because they must all even when like they see him he's in the England squad now he's playing games for the England first team and they, they must look at him the likes of Foden and Brewster must look at him and think have I made the balls up here like could I have just gone and done that it's interesting in that article Inglethorpe says um, it'll be interesting what happens when someone goes and doesn't achieve anything over there and we'll all realise it's not as easy as it looks because ah, like there's a bit yeah it's inter- he says it's interesting everyone there's like a big 
sort of swell of opinion where people think, well, if you want to make it, you just go to Germany and you can get a game. We ignore it. Actually, that's quite a disrespect to the German league. It's just he wasn't getting a chance, but he was exceptionally talented. He probably should have been getting a chance. That's the. But if you're Brewster or Foden, as as two examples, you're thinking you're Jaden Sancho, aren't you? Well, yeah, you'd want to be. You're you're thinking I'm elite. they're, they're, They're actively targeting. These play this mm. this this part of the English market that that you know the Germans are going there's value there yeah so let's go and watch all of those lads at that level and try and spot it well I, and, I, and put bids in and try and make money and they're just trying to make money as well I can't <laughs> believe it has, it's taking this long for that to happen I remember years ago when all the like England as a whole was moaning that all these foreigners were flooding our market and I'm there going well you you can go the other way as well you know like what yeah, give that a few there weeks as you get on there's, yeah, there's yeah. a great on it's gonna get harder. There's a great unspoken, I think, with youth development. We're not unspoken, sort of. There's, all, there's, there's always the quandary that if you actually throw them in, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It can, you know, Frank Lampard is borderline semi-proving that so far. Players who look like cha- routine championship loan players he had Chelsea not had this ban, had they had a better season. Sarri stayed, and they kept established stars. Now. Mason Mount, T- Tammy Abraham, a couple of others probably have another year in the championship or, or, or are on Bournemouth's bench and don't quite, it doesn't quite happen for them. Whereas the real possibility now it properly happens for those lads. I mean, I, uh, user, when, when I was a kid, when, when Paisley let his team grow old, he, there was that key season in 80, the beginning of the 81-82 season where he just went, fuck it, we'll go with youth. And he took Rushy at 19 and, and Ronnie Whelan at 18 and just threw them in alongside. He bought Lawrence, who was 22, and put 23-year-old Groblar in the team. Well, Sammy Lee, who, who had come through our academy, was only 20 as well then. And he that's the first time I'd see him. Obviously, Alex Ferguson went on to be well. But Rushy was, Rush was a record signing for, a, for a, his age at the he time. He was 300 grand from Chester. He was, and then had a year kicking around not getting a game. But he? nobody thought he was... Nobody really thought he was going to be up, up to much. Because he does... He spends about seven... Six, we do start to give him a game the latter half of that mm. first season and he has something like 16, 17 games from one season into the other and doesn't get a goal. And everyone thinks he's a bit like Curtis Jones, quite frankly, level. A promising youngster, but he really doesn't have the end product. He will not be a Liverpool player. But Paisley decides with him. And Ronnie Wheeler had played a couple of games the season before he breaks through. Sammy Lee had had bits for a year and a half on and off. But he very dis- definitively, but he put them in alongside champions. That was the key. I think the manager that has the balls to do that, uh, the Frank Lampard experiment is almost destined to fail because he's having to do what Brendan did once and others have had to do, which is chuck a load in. And therefore they will, they will, flat, they will have exciting times together as we've discussed, but, but probably ultimately fall short together. Who knows? Um, be- because experienced play- players from experienced teams like ours will keep them out. I think if you're bold enough to provide genuine pathways alongside quality, you've got a fighting chance. But it depends what you mean by fall short, doesn't it? Like well, if they, yes. If they relative, finish yeah. fifth this year... They'll probably say they've had a good season. They could, they could get fourth the way they're going. You I don't, think, I don't know. Fi- I think they'll finish third. I think yeah, they'll finish I, third I, too. I think they could. Be, it's the whole Jose Mourinho thing, isn't it? I mean, it's looking great now, but the problem with younger players is they're inconsistent. You don't have what Robbo said before about that experience of grind, grinding things out. We've seen this. They're very early in the season to be on this crest of a wave, and that can just all it takes is for Mason and Mount's confidence to just disappear. I think the other thing, just the, the only thing to mention about Chelsea, I'd say, is there's, there's, they're not playing with a great deal of pressure because yeah. it, because they've got these ready made excuses. Yeah. Um, so there's a load, of, there's not a great deal of pressure down. They may f- have a great season this season, but then next season there's pressure. Yeah. And Absolutely. Agree. You, you, you see what happens then. And that's where your experience, people who've been there before, gone through similar games. This is what happens. You need to dig in, you do this for 10 minutes. You, that's when you need to start showing young kids take risks. They haven't I, been through, haven't learned these things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something for them to worry about. I, I think what you said before was interesting on all this, in that you know everyone fumed or a lot of people fumed around Liverpool's business this summer, and and it wasn't enough for them. And you know you, you see any time there's any kind, I mean it's eight out of eight, and there's still people. Some people move. <laughs> Um, but any time there's any perceived slip and stand that it's like, oh, I should have bought someone there, should have got this fella, should have got that fella. But I wonder, you know, the the will of the people who were involved and the minds that are involved at Liverpool, there's no way they haven't strategized around what we're talking about. And I wonder whether they looked at it and, and gone what you said, said, touched on a bit before and just sort of gone, don't really need to spend in this window. So let's, let's store that cash almost 
And at this point here, yeah, we need to go big and go and get three or four. And that fills that little void. And it fills about, the twenty-two to twenty-four. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, I think. That's what we're looking at. Genuinely, I think that it'd be mad if it wasn't. And then, but it's, I, I wonder as well if they've had a little look this window and not liked the look yeah, of twenty-two, twenty-three-year-olds. Yeah, or they're not in the right places. And Pepe is a good example that. of that. They've looked at that and thought, you know, so for instance, someone at, at the club at some point said, "Why would we buy Pulisic?" It'd be 70 million quid and he wouldn't make us any better. Yeah. And do we want the project? And if there is an area where Lampard's coming under a little bit of criticism slash pressure, ironically, because he's not playing Pulisic, yeah. and it's like everyone wants to know, why aren't you playing this, lads? You've got to have a decent reason, and it's it's, it's really interesting. He'd be killed at Liverpool now, wouldn't he? If he's not getting his game at Chelsea, he's getting nowhere near our side. Mm. So we'd absolutely destroy him as a player. And yeah. we paid 70 million quid for the privilege of it. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, you, 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 Neil, you said that we were front-loading, which is clearly what we were doing a couple of years back or that period where we acquire Keita, Van Dyke, Salah, Oxlade-Chamberlain, Allison. That was a big front-load mm. project. People don't want to stop and look. You know, the popular wisdom is it's, we were spending the Coutinho money like, a, like it was a trolley dash. No, it was a strategic decision, obviously, to, to front-load the project and get a load of good players of the right quality in. And I think we'll see that again in two years' time, just, maybe. Just, I think, the one interesting point is that we're saying there's no pathway you know, there's no pathway to first-team football. But Klopp and Guardiola, to an extent, are geniuses because they can convince people that there's a pathway. We're sort of referencing Curtis Jones, but I think I think a lot of the time we're saying his name is because it's just an example of somebody who's in who's a homegrown lad who's in the academy. He's clearly good. He's clearly very good. What's interesting about Curtis Jones and the players around that age group Curtis Jones specifically is Milner. Milner references him after Milton Keynes, I think it is, and he says he's come on unbelievably. Mm. And he's be, he's a player who hasn't gone away on loan. He's been kept around the first team. And so you then start to wonder, well, is this pathway to improvements and to getting a first team actually mixing with the real quality that's available, taking on board what... Um, what they can do. I think Inglethorpe mentions a couple of the players who he's similar to in in that. Uh, in the he says Lallana, doesn't he? Compares yeah. him to Lallana. It's no, interesting. Yeah, it more Lallana than Mane. Yeah, it's yeah. interesting that, that that happens. Most and that, players are more Lallana than Mane. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I wonder if there's something around the pathway is actually, look, this is like the best university you can go to and yet there's a yeah. time and a place to go and play footy against proper people. But I think they, I think they probably look on a person by person basis and say, right, yeah. well, your skill set suits staying around here and following him around and doing everything he does and learning how to hold the ball and turn and where you can pinch all these little tricks. You, you're a centre half. You're playing against lovely little academy players every week. Go and play against some big horrible bastard who's going to elbow you in the throat before your time in it, is it? See how you learn about Ingle that. Ingle literally uses the phrase a hairy, hairy ass. Arse, like, yeah. I love that. I was yeah. overjoyed with the hairy <laughs> ass nature of the striker. But it's like, so you need to be able to learn how to play against yeah. them players, don't you? So I think part of the part of this process and part of this sort of strategy and this route to playing for Liverpool is let's use this as a as a as one of the best learning environments in the world. But there's Just, an ele- there's an element of, of selling PR to it all as well, isn't it? So we're all saying okay. It doesn't. It's not really there when we write it down on paper, but but it at least looks like even the whole move to Kirby thing and everyone being on one site and those constant reminders of everyone plays the same way at Liverpool and it's all there's the pathways there and all that. That's because and it's referenced in the piece. Liverpool are competing with Everton, with with United, with City, and it, and, and it's hard and it's going down. It's getting ridiculous. You know, they'll be bidding for lads in nappies soon. It's getting that mad now, and and so. Liverpool have got to put it out there all the time. No, we're, we're serious about youth. We're, we're, this is why we're, we're all moving to one site and things like that. Whereas, obviously, we had the extreme example the other way when we had Hodgson. The fella never went to fucking to Kirby. Just wasn't asked. Just like, I'm going to play the R fellas, get the results. And look, it's no surprise that when I had a look at this before, Palace are one of the oldest sides in the league. Surprise, fucking surprise. That fella's not asked about youth and direction of travel and things like that. He's just fucking hanging on for dear life, isn't he? <laughs> He's our best friend this weekend. <laughs> In a, every as, respect. As we look forward to the visit of City to Crystal Palace. I, I think that the loan system to me always seems to be just hugely flawed with young players and key example to although maybe he's, maybe he's proven me wrong here but in a certain sense Harry Wilson goes to Crew Alexandra when he's about 18, 19 
who were in League One, I think, at the time. And he can't get his game. He, so he goes from being the hottest prospect. Remember, he was the youngest. He'd yeah. already made his debut for Wales at 16. He was yeah. the hottest prospect in the academy, Harry Wilson. He goes on loan to play against hairy ass men to you know to just to take him to another level, and he suddenly shits his pants as is as is entirely natural and reasonable, and he can't get a game. He had to go very far back that lad, and he's showed incredible mental strength to come mm. back from that blow. Because you'd think, God, I'm playing for Wales at 16. I'm I'm the highest rated thing in a, in a Premier top Premier League club's academy, and I can't get a game. Well, you wonder you wonder what extent a lot of that depends on the personality and the of course the ego is. Hang on. Go to crew, learn how to cook your own fucking dinner, yeah. clean your own boots, sort yourself out. They won't let you cheat. You're going to have to graft in training. You're going to get booted from pillar to post. Go and grow up. Then come yeah. back. Then you can play footy. And you wonder how much of that, the, the, you know, they're not sort. It'll be all very well, bespoke. This is the, this well, this is what I, was, I was just going to say is that teams like Liverpool and City are in a ridiculously rare position in that. You, like you, I can imagine this conversation with those players. You can you can go on loan and take whatever, pick any club, and there are certain benefits in that. All the stuff John who's just said, but you are not going to learn to play footy as well as just playing footy with Mo Salah and Virgil Van Dijk and Sadio Mane every day. Like literally, you're playing footy with these lads every day, and you've got to keep up with their pace. Or you just you've seen drown. the Sooners interview when he talks about when he first came to Anfield. I've told, Graham Sooners, or I've mentioned this on shows in the recent past. He talks about that. He comes from Middlesbrough, doesn't he? And he you know, yeah. it's, it's a decent level, but Liverpool are European champions. He goes, it was a different world. My my first few weeks in training there, he said everything about me had to become better, or I was out. He goes, my touch had to become quicker. Everything, and you imagine suddenly you're Ian Brewster. You're going to put him in the championship. You're going to put him up against Virgil Van Dijk. Of course, he if he he then still he misses out what Ben's talking about, which is that sort of that that, that mental maturity aspect. But he is up against the right level of quality. But the loans, the problem I fear with the loan system is I think it's a, a sense of panic must imbu- imbued in some kids. Could the Harry Wilson factor? I was about, about to exp- talk about that. Is I think you go, you're asked to drop down a level. You you think of yourself as a Liverpool player, don't you? You're a right, Ryan Bruce. You think I'm a Liverpool player. Now, you never played a first team league game. You a Liverpool player now go and play at Preston you think you're right imagine the first the first game you're there and they're better than you you're you're finished psychologically for that day you're gonna have the worst day of your life when you think all these shit players are better than me and I think I'm gonna play for Liverpool it must be very very tough to do that there's an issue as well with Premier League too which both comes up in that piece and in general is presence but the last last little thing about it Gareth before we do move on is it's really interesting hearing Ben talk about learning environment best university you can be at it's probably worth remembering that even at Liverpool and City, you know, the manager we've seen from Jurgen Klopp, the fellas themselves are learning. Environments are different. The, mm. the, the youth setups are different to the way they were 10 years ago, five years ago, all the time. There's, there's probably not a magic formula for this, but everyone's still trying to work out what's the best thing to do with a Marco Gruwich versus what's the best thing to do with a Curtis Jones. And there's probably not a, there's not a written down answer somewhere. Everyone's just trying to work it out, out as one as well. Yeah, well, it's like, it's like what Kopi said before. It's like the headmaster standing in front of a school of, you know, like I think there was 850 or 900 in my school. And our headmaster used to stand at the front and say things that was meant to apply to every single one of them people. And it's bollocks. Everyone's different, obviously, and in different places, different mentally, you know, grow up physically at different speeds. Some people are sound going living abroad, others aren't. Some get homesick, some don't. And so it'll suit different people. And John was spot on about saying, you know, maybe Curtis Jones, they look at him and say, well, he's a scouse lad and he doesn't want to move. And and he's it's better suited for him to just learn on the job here in Liverpool. This lad, no, he's reached this point, but let, let's go and see how he copes, you know, driving himself to the middle of Cheshire and cooking beans on toast that night in a bed sit or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And, and so they will, it, it, we look for strategies, don't we, all the time? And we, we're always on the outside and we, there's only so much we can know. Even like, you know, the way everyone reacted to like the Bobby Duncan situation, and that's referenced in the piece as well. Another reason why it's worth reading, but it's like we all jump to assumptions around that whatever they were, whether they, you were on his side or whether you're on their side or whether you believe Liverpool or whether you just thought maybe there's something in between or whatever or you looked what happened at City. So, but it's it's all individual circumstances which, which we can never know about. Okay, I want to move along and have a brief chat about the photo ID plan. Uh, starting off four members, but presumably the direction of travel is only going one way. All four of you have got season tickets in your own name, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No. No, you haven't. Okay, uh, you're in a similar boat to me, but I think your your arrangements be more long term uh, mm. than mine. Um, it is only going one way, Paul. I think the you know the 
it's one of these things that Liverpool are told there's a problem. They're trying to sort it out in some way, shape or form. Whether or not this is the right way or the wrong way is debatable. And maybe we can debate it here and now. But they have been being told there's this thing that needs to get sorted out around members, around touting, etc. And I can't quite see, maybe I'm wrong, I can't quite see what a solution is other than, other than something around photo identification. I, th- I think the first thing to say is, and this is the case with a, a huge amount of things in football and in life, a line I like to say a lot, is there isn't a right or wrong answer. There can't be. They're, they're literally, for all the people who, who just love to complain about no matter what the club does, fine, you come up with the right answer then. You Because, the, the, and the problem, this this drives me mad about this city in particular, actually, I've gone a soapbox for a bit here, that oh, pe- no. people, I know. <laughs> yeah, this won't be controversial, yeah. go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Those fucking scouse twats. People take this will be taken as a stride. It drives me mad. At least you say what you feel. People bang on about, like, oh, it's about the wide, it's about the wider, like, looking after everyone. But actually, what they're not, most people are just arguing about their own position, aren't they? It's like, well, this doesn't work for me. And you're like, all right, well, that's, sorry, mate, that's tough. Like, it's not going to, whatever the solution is, is not going to work for some people. It's it's like no matter what you do, whenever you draw a line in the sand, the people who have just missed out always complain that the line should have been drawn a little bit further to include them without going. But then someone will be in my position and they'll be pissed off. So we can't just keep moving the line. And sooner or later, everyone just sort of has to take a deep breath and go, right, do we want a wider solution that is the best in the sort of best interests of most people? Or not. Like Martin Fitz always talks, doesn't he, about the, the way to solve most of the ticketing problems at places like at Liverpool is just not have season tickets and not have any of this stuff and just, just make it a free-for-all like Glastonbury all the time because that's the fairest way to do it. But no, basically every single person who's got a season ticket or got the, the, the means to get away tickets never want that to happen. Because they want to look after their own interests, and that's a key point in all of this. It was interesting reading. That I've never quite known. Did you read all the club statement stuff and the language in the FAQs? I've never quite known. Like I think it was really well written in that it there was elements of it which was just a bit like, we'll see then, eh? And normally, when you get a sort of a, you, get, you get information from from a corporate, any corporate group, every bit of life, you know, when there's F- FAQs and there's this is the way we're changing things, it always seems very certain. This, Gareth, and I'm saying that this is genuinely me being, I'd like to think, warm about the club. This really was, listen, we're having a go at something. Um, we're, we're, we're still trying to sort of work it out. It was really strangely written, but it was it was, it was was almost semi- yeah, What have they said specifically? semi endearing that basically members' cards are going to start to go and have um, and have photo ID on, basically. So all members are going to have to be able to provide de- uh, proof of who they are, where they live, and what they look like. Um, in, Facial so, recognition. So what it means is that they can't, you can't have, and you can only have one per name and address sure. so what you can't have is one one household can't have 57 fan cards attached to it uh, unless there are 57 people living in said household uh, and that's that's referenced within the thing so it's not facial recognition no. um, let's be honest about this there are days when the tickets don't work at Anfield I think we're a long way from facial recognition first game of every season you can't get in our fella think- selling, the, uh, selling the ale at half time under the Kemlin God bless him has a nervous breakdown every fucking half time yeah it goes mm-hmm. machine breaks yeah so I think we're a long way from facial recognition <laughs> okay but uh, you recognise my face if it gives me a pint of fucking lager at half time to yeah. be honest about, yeah, my face is the same after so, pint anyway Gareth, <laughs> but that, that, that's what's in all the languages now around it it is a little bit like we're having a bit of a go at this we think that this might help solve some of the problems I think it's as much about the process of registering as it is about what the actual end product is in terms of trying to stop the idea that some households have tons and tons of fan cards attached yeah I mean and look the, you know there is there is organised touting going on um, and, and, and you know <laughs> I'm being a grass by saying so. I'm sure some people will say so, but you know, there's fellas wandering around Anfield and they're not exactly shy about the fact that they've got a fucking absolute armful of cards and they're, and they're doling them out and they're flogging them and they're bringing them back in and they've got they've got kids doing the running for them and all kinds like proper organised things. And obviously, if you're looking at it from the from the club's perspective, you're like, well, well, that's not right, is it? And there's there's a problem anyway about accessibility. There's a problem anyway about loads, Member sales. loads of people want to go to a match and there isn't enough specs. There's a problem, you know. There's all there's there's so many problems. And like, look, the, to me, the club have had a good go at speaking to fans. They had they had to go with the forums. They're speaking to the Spirit of Shankly. There's an open dialogue there, seemingly all the time. Spirit of Shankly have made a, a a comment on this and said a lot of the stuff that's being incorporated here is stuff we've talked about. It's not like they've pulled it out their arse bin and they haven't spoke to anyone, but. I think Kobe's right in that. There's, whatever they do, there's there's always a group that isn't happy about it, 
and and there isn't there isn't an easy way. There isn't an easy answer, and loads of it's you know loads of it's like legacy issues because you know like I was one of the ones who put my name down in the nineties, early nineties, kept checking in as well to see where it was and couldn't understand why I never got a season ticket. I didn't get one till twenty eleven after putting my name down in the early nineties. And there'll be other people with totally different circumstances. Like, there'll be people who put their names on after that and got one before me. There'll be people who put their name on before me and haven't got, do you know what I mean? Because it was a mess. It was all over the show. And there's loads of there's loads of theories on what went on. I don't know what ones are true, but I'm not going to say them here. <laughs> but, what, but what I do know is that we all had to pay a flim if we wanted to stay on. And that, you know, I left, like, there was all kinds of the- mad theories about your postcode and where you lived and how far you were from the I ground. I just had, always had the image of, like, a massive ledger that someone had sat in hand right down. <laughs> that's what it was like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like and then someone spilled a crew on it or something. Yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and only a few names were left. That, yeah. You know, and, like, I, I let, I let personally, I left my address as me our fellas as I moved on. And then, like, you know, I hadn't lived at me our fellas for absolute years. He rings me up like 2011, and it was a few games in as well. I think it was Wolves at home or something. <laughs> rings me up out of nowhere, there's a letter here, lads, and I'm like, I'll just open it, it'll just be some shite. I've, I've, I've changed everything, obviously. And he's like, fucking hell, it's off the club. They're offering you the season ticket. And I'm like, Charlie and Chocolate yeah, Factory. It was one of them. But then it was, like, it was like there was like a really small window where they had to suddenly find, you know, 750 quid oh, or something. Yeah. Otherwise, that was it. See you later. And I was like, well, I haven't got the I haven't got the dub here. And my other is like one you know, one of the few fellas on Merseyside who's not asked about footy. To be fair, he lent me the dough. But it was like but loads of people loads of people obviously had said no or, or hadn't yeah. applied or whatever and then they got to me. But someone's crossing out big rows in the big ledger. <laughs> but whatever, honestly I think whatever they do, there's someone with a problem. Because it's 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 a dead hard it's a dead hard circle to square, it's a dead hard situation to sort out. Um and they're having a go at something else and I, you know, I see what you said. Someone's just said before. There's always like an assumption. You see the same people just go, "Oh fucking hell, here we go, the club." Well, what do you want them to do? Because the current situation isn't good either. And it was like, you know, how do you sort out of ways to close shop around the ways? Everyone says once upon a time it was like a random number, wasn't it? Like if yep. your season ticket ended yeah. in one, you could go to that away. But people weren't happy with that either. Do you know what I mean? So th- th- there's your case in point that whatever they do someone will moan about it. Someone won't be happy. And ultimately, people in charge at the club, there's literally a fella in charge of ticketing, and he's sound, by the way. I, th- I think touting is clearly the one thing that everyone, you know, you get every, all, all interest groups around the table that go, well, that, apart from the touts, that, <laughs> those, guys, those guys, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if they had a seat at the table. Well, service down the year. Well, they actually, what they actually do, what they actually do, the, the touts, is I mean, if, you, if you're the club, you go, well, this is a bit mad. Every time the, the club try and sort of put a market, like some inverted commas, a market price on tickets, they have a revolution on their hands, as, as, as happened at the time of the walkout. But what happens then is the touts go, well, don't, don't worry, we'll have that bit anyway. Because an enormous amount of tickets, I, I don't know what the figures are, but all of our anecdotal evidence is that there's an enormous amount of touting. With your ways, you see it vastly. So I think all in, all, in all seriousness, all interest groups can sit around a table and go, that's something we've got to work towards licking. Because whatever's happening there, there's a sizable percentage causing all of us to have a grievance. How do we deal with that? Okay, uh, move ourselves along quickly, 39th game. Um, it may be an NFL thing, but it appears to have just reappeared in general in chat this week. Um, a few weeks back, Rob and Paul chatted some absolute wham on a tour unwrapped. Uh, Did we? Subscribe, oh, yeah. £10 a month for that. Um, you can still listen, you can still find it on the app. Um, I thought it was I mean, a so- conversation, I, I by mean, the way. Great. It was, it was a you just l- made some nebulous point that Neil thinks is the most important in the world about the, about um, how the real threat to our game is China. But um, it's a whole other show. Uh, well, it sort of is and it isn't in that. That's the... No, it's that show, actually. <laughs> it's actually that show. Yeah, it was actually that show. Um, as I say, you've you've never had so much wham in your life. Uh, it was but it was, it was great to listen to. Um, like a really good fictional radio play on Radio 4. Um, there is, Gareth, something uh, about, I think, that they are trying to... There'll always be this push. There'll always be this push from someone to, and I think it is to try to lock down European football in a worldwide context to say all oh, the football that matters is the football that happens on this continent. Mm. But you know, as soon as the NFL turn up in London, it does seem as though it just sort of reoccurs this idea that sides will be playing games abroad. I just can't quite see how it'll ever happen, how it'll ever work. And I think the other thing as well is to, to remind ourselves that most certainly most supporters you and I have ever bumped into abroad, they'd be as appalled by it, the idea of it of not playing at Anfield as as people who go to Anfield would be. 
Yeah, that's a bit of a mad one, isn't it? I, I, I kind of think, you know, once upon a time, I would regularly have a gripe about, about Liverpool going so far in pre-season just because they're literally preparing for a season and sitting on planes for hours and, and, and going in different time zones is not ideal preparation. You know, literally the science is there. But so I I think we found the happy medium already, and that Liverpool do that, and so do all the other big clubs, and that's your opportunity to go and watch them on your turf, if you like, and for them to engage with those fans. And again, damned if you do, damned if you don't. They they go over there, they engage with fans, and then fans here say, why aren't you engaged with others in the same way? And it's they've got to do it. They've got to do it. And again, it boils back to we mentioned business before. It's business, isn't it? And from a Premier League perspective, they want to market the, the league, like you said. From a club perspective, they need to have that. They, if they don't go for the global market, then Man United are, or City are, or whoever are. And so, you know, while the purest among us, and I've been one, will still go, but it's in Liverpool and it's Liverpool Football Club. Time's moved on. Um, and, and, you know, again, again, sort of, you know, the... Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Do you remember when everyone said, oh, Liverpool's run like a corner shop and and, and you yeah. won the European Cup in 2005 and it wasn't even open and blah, 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 and why aren't you doing more around that? And then the open shops all over the world and and, and you do more around it and everyone moans still. And it's... They, they, just just on that though, Gareth, and the, and the point is, as you're saying there, that they're already doing enough. My worry is that because we accept the overseas tours, not accept, actually celebrate them, I think the things to be celebrated yeah, and they're yeah, really good and they're good for everyone. But the, the flip side of that is doesn't mean that everyone's all right with the idea of a 39th game or the idea of playing That's two funny. Premier League games a season away. It is mad and it will really, I think it'd really rattle the, it'd actually rattle the competition, the sanctity of the competition would be at stake. Yeah, it wouldn't feel, it just doesn't feel, it's unnecessary. You know, everyone's comfortable with the fact that it's in England and it, and it, it's it's English football and it's Liverpool football club. Like you know, I, I've got no interest in the NFL, so I can't really speak from that perspective. But I've been getting up in the middle of the night for years to watch them, and then all of a sudden they were in London. I'd probably go. Don't get me wrong, but but, but I'd still think it was mad. I'd be like, why are they here and why have they turned a, a footy pitch into an American footy pitch and what's going on? It's it's not it's not our sport. It's their sport, and I've chosen to follow their sport. And I'll accept that as a rule. And I, I imagine, yeah, you know, you're right to say that most fans we've certainly spoken to over the years when we've been going around following Liverpool on the tours, they're not they're not banging no drum to say, you know, should be coming here for a for an actual game that matters. It feels it feels a bit token. I, I I just think the even if you even if we all back it as an idea, which we don't. I'm not sure this is the biggest win in the world for the ups for for the ups. And nobody really buys into because it, it distorts the the, the, the authenticity of, of of what's being presented. And as you said, even people abroad are going, "What's the point of that?" And I don't see the big win. If you talk about Burnley like, versus Villa in New York, I know, I know, and <laughs> fucking what? Even Liverpool, v, even Liverpool view man, you in New York. Apart from the fact that New York away feels like a decent away, you know, any way you look at it, it's a. <laughs> Although, Bars are all right. although, 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 you know, you're not just going what in and going. What time you leave for that, Rob? <laughs> <laughs> the previous Tuesday. That's you got to make a week of it, haven't you? It's a bit of yeah. It's it's just not. It's a, it's not broke. Doesn't need fixing. Isn't going to make anybody a huge amount of dollar in the long term. I don't think. I think they want to lock it down. I think that the part of all this is and all the European Super League stuff that comes up every now and again. Ben, I think it isn't about the idea of just trying to lock out smaller clubs in your own league. Now, I think it's more trying to say. All the football that matters is European football. You don't need to go anywhere else. I think it's thinking. I think we think they're thinking about five years hence and trying to take as much money as possible off Burnley and Aston Villa. Whereas actually, I think that what they're trying to do is lock out MLS, lock out China, lock out the idea that Brazilian league, the idea that anything else can rise up. Yeah, probably. And also, it's just another. It, it, these fellas are in jobs. They've got to make money for the people who pay the salary. You know, so chief executive of the Premier League, whatever. All of them leagues. Part of his role will be. Make us some more money. One of the ways you can do that, one of the f- things that won't go away, keep flopping about, even if people are talking about it, is the 39th game. Well, let's, should we have some discussions around that again? Um, I think it'd be shite. Uh, I don't think it's a good idea in the slightest. I probably wouldn't even watch it. I'd have a cob on. I'd be like, what's the fucking point in this? I, if you're going to do it, if you want to do something with the Premier League, you know, you have these tours which are ridiculous. And, you know, you said before, you have the goods to engage with fans and stuff like that, but actually there comes a point where you're meant to be training for the season. Um, but if you are going to do it, just lash the charity shield somewhere, Matt, every year, and have it two weeks before the start of the season instead of one, and have it in New York one year, fucking wherever the next. 
no one's that arsed about the charity shields anyway. You just can pretend it's a proper game. Everyone's happy. There's a trophy at the end. Then you just can have two weeks to get ready for the proper season. Does someone want to pay me for that idea? That's fine. It's a good one. You <laughs> should pay pal open. No. That's a problem, isn't it? Um, I've got Monzo. I was uh, just going to say, you need to activate your Monzo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, on Chono's Monzo. If you want to uh, if you want to pay him for that idea, uh, his Monzo is available right now. Um, and we can go Who's Monzo? Uh, like oh, God, don't explain Monzo to Rob. We haven't got no, time. Let's get on with the rest Monzo. of the show. Let's get on with the rest of the show. We can do that off air in all seriousness. I want to finish it off very quickly talking about Manchester United. Oh, uh, Manchester United um, last thing on this one for me Paul on, my, on United set the scene for the week loads of stuff on the Anfield rap loads of stuff everywhere about Liverpool versus Man United I suspect we're stronger in every position undoubtedly stronger in every position before the ball's kicked every single position mm-hmm. uh, Liverpool are better than Manchester United um, and I think the most important thing will be going in with that mentality yeah yeah definitely um, it's, a, it's a mad one isn't it because no matter how good we are, no matter how shit they are, and and it, and it has always been this way in all big games, derby type games, you can't take anything for granted. Like they could, I mentioned this on a show last week that these are the games, and I, and I think this is probably why, without sort of getting into the like, like doing big theories on what the background is, just instinctively, it's like because it doesn't it doesn't matter whether Solskjaer is a sh- shit manager for one game, it doesn't matter whether. Overall, they're in a shit heap and they don't know what to do. And Ed Woodward's crap, and there's all problems with buying players and that. All that matters to each one of those players on the pitch for that day is the eyes of the world are on them and they want to play their best. That's it. So you can imagine even just a little huddle before the game where one of the senior players says, I know this is crap. I know that he hasn't got a clue what he's doing, but this is in our best interest as individual players to be brilliant against Liverpool because we want to beat them and we want to show that we're still good players. So I think we've got to go into it even. I know there's, there's the talk of go into it and say to our, our players should be saying these are shite and have that in your mind but it's almost that combined with but remember they can all be brilliant as well so you've got to go into it at your very very best if you want to win this game it's Man United away at the end of the day I think we, I think the key as when we've been successful in derbies is to harness their desire to be different mm. their desire to be the, the, their, their own view of their real selves which just means they'll run a lot more and tackle a little mm. bit nastier yeah. and be a bit more emotional and motivated than they would normally be so let's so a manager's challenge a Klopp's challenge is to look at all that and go okay let's make all that work against them we did that with Everton by, by for years in derbies and we have probably only the last year and a half you'd say we've probably not done that in derbies but usually we've let it work against Everton brilliantly they blow themselves out they tire themselves out they get men sent off they get too many booked early and they lose their minds that's what's there to be done to Man U make them lose their minds yeah yeah I mean but it's hard it's hard even if the crap and even if it's all scar because it's Old Trafford and our record there is not good um, you know you the 3-0 under Rodgers is five years ago. The the 4-1 under Benitez is 10 years ago. There's not a lot more to be celebrating in between all those games. It's what one one win in the last 10 at Old Trafford. So that, that proves you how, how hard it is to go there and do something. And I think, you know, to me it looks... I know why it's there, but, you know, I pull up the odds and we're odds on to win at Old Trafford. And I go, mm, yeah. Because, you, you know, you're quite right, Kobe, to say, obviously... We're a good side, and obviously we should go there and win. But football's not that obvious when you go into Old Trafford. It, it, it's hard to do it. We saw it last season. Everyone expected us to go there and blow them away, and it, it has an effect. Like they were more up, you know, the fans as well. Yeah, like that was the, the loudest Old Trafford had been probably for years because they were so desperate to 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 cock it up for us. Um, the one thing I would say is I wonder where, I wonder what it's like at training or in the dressing room currently, like where the players are with the manager. So he will want what you said, Rob, but will he get it is, is the thing. Like, is it reached the point where loads of them are like, I'm, I'm, I've had enough of this fella. He's crap, I want him to go. Because we know that seeps into players' minds. And even if it's only sort of, okay, well, we'll still go out and do it, but it might just take a little edge off them. Are we playing them at the right time? Last season, I would argue, we played them exactly the wrong time. I think we, we hit them to all but the last but one game from their, their winning run under Solskjaer the, although the only thing that surprises is they didn't they, they did they defended like demons that day rather than decided to have a go at us but they were full of confidence and belief on that day they are on the opposite of that side now I would argue that we're surely this is the right time to be playing we need to go and I wonder what it's all well and good saying you're going to work hard and you're going to graft and you're going to battle and you're going to you know you're going to you're going to be the you know you're going to treat this game in isolation and you know you're going to work that hard we need to go 1-0 up 
Mm. And we need to go one nil up. We go one nil up, and then we strangle them. We put our foot on the throat, and we fucking make them eat it. And we fucking just batter them. The foot. We're making them eat the foot. <laughs> yeah, and their own throat. <laughs> <laughs> this could be the team talk. <laughs> Fantastic. But it, that's the thing. Last year, that didn't happen. Yeah, it could have happened. happened. It could have happened. It didn't happen. Eat your own Fatality foot. Fatality on Mortal Kombat. Both feet. <laughs> on the throat. <laughs> on the throat. But you, we've, got to, we've got to get the advantage and then press it on. We're a much better side. Mm. We, we need to treat it like uh, buying away. I think the point on that is what you want to turn it from is all the players going, all their players going, right, we want to prove this for ourselves to us at Blackburn under Hodgson when Gerard's like, I'm just going to put this pen over the bar. Because yeah. like, basically, if they get, if we put them in a position where they're like, well, to be honest, we're going to get beat anyway. Let's get battered and then he'll get sacked and we might get someone decent in. Okay, uh, thank you very much. It's been a fantastic show. Loads of brilliant stuff actually on the Anfield Wrap, uh, both audio and video across the last week or so. Normally, well, sometimes international breaks can feel as though they go a little bit slowly. Not this one. Uh, the work's been tremendous from everybody who's contributed. Thank you very much to them. And if you haven't subscribed, do think about doing so. Uh, it has been sort of hit after hit after hit. R- really interesting new video stuff and more of it to come as well out in the next couple of days. We had a really good chat about everyone who's challenging for the top six place on video. Uh, we had our new bed and in strand. That's come out as well. Uh, all really really good work if you want to subscribe to that and also all the audio there was a couple of specials that have been out and about uh, and more of them to come too so thank you very much for everyone who's contributed to them to you for listening and in the room with me today I've had Ben Johnson I've had Gareth Roberts I've had Rob Gutman and I've had Paul Cope we've been brought to you in association with The Athletic and if you do want to sign up read James Pierce's piece and all the other stuff it's theathletic.co.uk forward slash the Anfield rap in order to be able to do that whatever you're doing get psyched up it's Man United at the weekend it does not get bigger Podcast Network.